This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast presented by MediShare. I'm Bryce Johnson. This is the show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. And today on the show, we are joined by someone from the entertainment world. His name is Eric Close. And he is an actor, director, and writer, and he is the star of a new movie called The Mulligan, which is a sports movie. And it's a a faith-based movie, and it's hitting theaters nationwide April 18th and 19th. And you know Eric from TV shows like Nashville and Without a Trace. My favorite show, one of my favorite shows of all time is Suits. Uh, he played a character uh, on that show called Travis Tanner. Uh, and then Eric was also uh, in the movie American Sniper. Uh, so excited to have him on the show today. And the the conversation, uh, man, he, great insight that he shares with us uh, about his life and especially some wisdom for dads today. Uh, I, I know for me personally, it was really encouraging. and And then kind of marriage as well. Uh, but then he talks all about this movie, and and you know I'm a movie guy, and and especially when it has sports and faith uh, at the uh, foundation of it, uh, it's awesome. So really excited about it, and excited for you to see the movie uh, coming out April 18th and 19th. You can check out themulliganmovie.com. Stick around at the end of the conversation. Uh, I'll share some of my takeaways from the conversation with Eric. Uh, before we jump in, I want to thank our presenting sponsor, MediShare. MediShare is an innovative healthcare solution for Christians looking to save money without sacrificing on quality. MediShare is a biblical, affordable alternative to health insurance. They've been around more than 25 years. The MediShare program serves more than 400,000 members. My wife and I, we are one of those members, and we have been uh, for over five years. You can check out metashare.com slash unpacking it. You can also text the word unpack to the number 201201. Just text the number unpack to the number 201201, and they'll send you a link to get more information to figure out if MetaShare is the right fit for you and your family. Well, right now, let's jump right in our conversation with actor Eric Close. Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Unpacking it with Bryce Johnson. And 
Joining us now on the MetaShare guest line is actor, director, and writer Eric Close. He's the star of a new movie, The Mulligan, which is releasing in theaters nationwide April 18th and 19th. You know him from the TV shows Nashville and Without a Trace and from the movie American Sniper. He was also an actor in one of my favorite shows, Suits, as he played Travis Tanner. He joins us today to talk faith, sports, and life. We'll hear all about The Mulligan. It's a heartwarming story about life inspired by the game of golf. You can find tickets at themulliganmovie.com. Eric, so great to have you on Unpacking It. How are you? I'm doing great. It's good to see you, Bryce. Absolutely. Well, man, we're, we're excited to, to have you on today, and, and we'll, we'll start first. All right, you're, you're out in Oregon, but, but who are the, the sports teams that you root for? What sports do you follow? Well, you know, I've always been I, – I grew, I grew up playing tennis. I was a competitive tennis player when I was younger and played soccer. You know, every kid's on soccer team. Uh, and then just a lot of, you know, individual sports. I, you know, grew up surfing, skiing, all that kind of stuff. But, um, I've always been a big fan of tennis, you know, following the the big four and watching the majors. And, and then when I met my wife, a uh, number of years ago, a couple decades, at least almost 30 years ago, uh, her family were golfers. And so I thought, well, if I'm going to marry into this family, I better learn how to play this game. And so it was one of the best decisions I ever made was picking up the game of golf and uh, it's changed my life in many ways. And so I love golf, love, love tennis. And then I, as far as, you know, football goes, I, I usually root for what the town that I'm, you know, I'm living in. And if there's, if those teams aren't doing well, so like when I lived in San Diego, I obviously rooted for the chargers um, or LA I root for the LA teams. Uh, now I'm in Oregon. So, you know, I, I root for the ducks and so, you know, if a friend of mine, if my team's out of the out of the picture, then I'll probably root for my friend. So, like, I'll root for Kansas City because my wife's from Kansas and my father-in-law's a Kansas City fan. So, I, you know, I try to support the friends of my teams. But if our teams are facing off, you know where my loyalty lies. I, I love it. That That's excellent. Yeah. And, and so, all right, you've gotten into the game of golf. Do you enjoy watching golf? I love it. I absolutely okay. love golf. Um, yeah, love watching it, playing it, talking about it. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's great. So, all right. So the new movie is, there's of course golf undertone. So explain to our, our listeners how the game of golf is incorporated into the mulligan. Well, first of all, I mean, if anybody, anybody out there that really knows and loves the game of golf and understands it, it's one of the few sports, maybe the only sport where you're, you're, um, you're given a level of trust, it, you know, it requires honesty, you know, a lot of sports, you know, if you cause a foul or something, you try to, I didn't foul, you know, whatever, or, you know, you try to bend the rules as much as possible <clears throat> in golf. It's the opposite. Uh, you're playing against your competitor. You're coming down the stretch for the win and your buddy hits, you know, your opponent, your the guy you're competing against hits their ball into the woods. You help them and you could potentially help them find their ball and they could still beat you. Or if you do something wrong, and break a rule and no one else sees it, it's on you to call that penalty on yourself. So it's a game of honesty. And, and also <clears throat> the thing I love about the game of golf is like life, you can hit a, a great shot. You can do the right thing and something bad will happen. You mm. hit a sprinkler head or a rock that's in the fairway or your ball lands in a divot that even if you hit the drive right down the middle of the fairway, you go, oh, it's a perfect drive. And then you end up in a bad lie. And you have to play it as it lies. And that's life, you know. Um, but 
when you, you know, coming back to the mulligan, this, there's also a thing that's come up in, in golf. Um, there's this rule called the mulligan. And when you're with your buddies and you're playing and you, you hit a bad shot, it's usually on the first tee, you're just kind of nervous and warming up. It, usually your friends will say, if you hit a bad shot, Hey, take a mulligan, hit another shot. And it's a second chance. And mm-hmm. Even within the rules of the game, if you hit a bad shot, there's always the next shot that you can kind of make up. So you can hit a crummy shot and then all of a sudden chip in from off the green and make a birdie. So I just love that about the game. And so in the mulligan, um, it's about a guy who's kind of lost his way in life and uh, meets a meets a guy uh, named Old Pro, played by Pat Boone, who through the game of golf leads this guy back onto the right path in life and helps him get straightened out and uh, help him find his faith. So that's the tie in with the golf in the movie. Yeah. So I want to talk more about that and the second yeah. chances. And uh, of course we love mulligans. Cause when we do our, our golf tournament for our ministry, we sell the mulligans. So we want guys yeah. to hey, keep using the mulligans. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but as, far, as far as in the movie, you you play a, a good amount of golf. And so you mentioned when you got married, all right, I got to get, get into the game of golf. So where was your game at when you started filming the movie? And did filming the movie improve your golf game? You know, uh, my my game was in pretty good shape. I was hitting a lot of balls there. You know, we're on camera and practicing, playing rounds during, you know, in between scenes and days off, which were few. But I just – I. Th- you know, I was around a lot of good golfers and I just felt one of the things I gained from it is I, I relaxed a little bit more, you know, you can get pretty tense in the game and just the irony of it. You hear this, people say, don't grip the club too hard, swing smooth, swing slower, you know, don't try and kill the ball. The ball will go further if you don't try and, you know, and part of that is that is a, it's a trust. It's a trust that the equipment maker made that club to do what it's supposed to do. And all you have to do is just turn and swing through that ball. Now it's easier said than done, but I found that on that movie, when I just kind of let go and didn't try to be perfect, I ended up hitting some pretty good shots. Did they give you a, a golf pro to work with to, to get lessons or what was that setup like? Well, well, it, what's cool is Wally Armstrong who wrote the book, the Mulligan, he was on set. So, okay. uh, but that's a, that's a dangerous thing because, you know, we all have our own style. It, it would be like, you know, someone, going up to Phil Mickelson and hey, tweaking his grip and saying, Hey, you should change your grip. You're, you're a little too weak on this. You know, <laughs> that could mess up his whole game. So we all know that uh, unsolicited advice can hurt you. But um, Wally was great as a sounding board. If I could ask him, I say, hey, I'm, I'm having a little trouble. What am I doing here? And he could, you know, help me with that. So that was really cool to have him on set. Plus the fact that he wrote the book. And so you can, you grab a lot of information from him regarding the story and the characters. That's right. So let our listeners know that this this book is this movie is based on the book, The Mulligan and and Ken Blanchard, who's a, a well-known kind of business writer, coach type guy, uh-huh. uh, was a part of this book with with Wally. Yeah, Ross. they co-wrote it. Yeah, he, he co- Ken co-wrote it with with Wally. And so that and so. All right. So that was the, the kind of the inspiration for for the for the movie. How did you end up? being uh one involved but two wanting to say yes and and what really was the hook to get you to to be a part of this movie well first first of all any any movie about golf or has anything to do with golf i'm in so uh (laughs) that was an easy ask um also i love the faith element of it i love that it's a story of redemption and forgiveness um second chances i mean we all in our lives 
need second chances. You know, none of us are perfect. We, you know, we blow it. And thankfully we have a God who's uh, merciful and forgiving and gives us chances to turn things around. I think a lot of times people don't think they can do that. I think, oh, I'm too far down the road and I've made a mess of my life or whatever. Um, and, you know, honestly, it's not a lot of times we think, oh, a person who's made a mess of their life, it's, oh, they're in jail or they did something really, you know, hor horrendous. But, you know, my, for example, the character Paul McAllister I play in the movie, he's actually when you see the movie, he's actually a guy who's got a lot of integrity. Uh, he's hardworking. He's honest. Uh, you know, he's chosen not to drink because he his father was an alcoholic. He's super honest because uh, his dad kind of wanted him to cheat life. But Paul's Paul's thorn in the side or his his error is he's not humble. He's very prideful and not and not so generous um, or any generosity he has kind of comes from that pride. It's like, oh, it's about me. I'm so generous. And so Paul's lesson because Paul because of Paul's pride in this movie, uh, he has a wake of destruction and that's his family is falling apart. And so his family starts to fall apart and or is falling apart. And so, you know, when I talk about there's there's different paths and journeys for each person and what for one person might be they need a mulligan for something, someone else's journey, they need a mulligan for something. And that's what I really enjoyed about this film. As far as how I came about to know this project is our producer, Rick Eldridge, uh, has produced a bunch of movies, really cool guy, man of faith. Um, his son Rodney and I were working together on another movie um, in Georgia, actually in the same town. We shot the mulligan called Tacoa, Georgia, and we were playing golf one day and he just brought up the, the subject and said, hey, my dad's developing this movie. So it's a ways out. But I don't know if you'd be interested. And I said, absolutely. I love that idea. Love that story. And, you know, if you don't cast Brad Pitt, let me know. And so a uh, <laughs> couple of years later, I, I got a call and they said, hey, we're this is a go now. And uh, I'd love to have you um, as part of the uh, this movie. And so I signed on to do it. Awesome. Love it. That's a great story. And and so th this this theme of of mulligans and second chances and, and you, you, know, you mentioned it kind of all of us can relate to it in, in some ways. And so for you personally, can, can you share a little bit about your journey and even some of the, the, the second chances and, and the ways that, that God's grace has has entered into to your life and you've, you've experienced his grace and mercy? Yeah, well, you know, I, I went to a, a, a private school in junior high, and that's when I first came to faith, uh, first kind of understanding who Jesus was and, you know, what he what he offered and how much he loved us, and, no matter what. And um, it took me a while to, you know, I'm a pretty stubborn guy, so it took me a while to, you know, really come to embrace it, and probably in, really in my early 20s when I graduated from college. And, you know, I was entering a career that I didn't know anybody in, in the business. Um, and, you know, my dad's a surgeon, my mom's an artist, but, you know, I didn't wow. live in Los Angeles. So got into the business and it was really a, a step of faith. And I felt like that's where God was calling me to go. Hmm. Um, and so I just surrendered and said, okay, uh, here we go. And if this is what you want me to do, God, then uh, open the doors. And he did. He brought a lot of amazing people into my life who helped navigate my career and support me. And uh, and then he brought my wife into my wife, Carrie, into my life, who was, you know, one of the greatest blessings that, you know, has ever happened to me. Um, 
And uh, now we got two grown daughters and, um, you know, I continuing to do a, a job that I love to do and have a great family life and friends. But, you know, uh, like I said, earlier, earlier on in my life, you know, through high school and college, I was kind of lost my way. And uh, thankfully, uh, there came a point in my life where I said, boy, I really miss having God in my life. I just feel mm-hmm. kind of lost. I'm going out into the real world and and uh, what's it all about and where am I going? And I really don't want to try and do this alone. And, and I said, OK, God, if you're if you're really the <laughs> the creator of the universe and you have all these promises, I'm going to trust him. And so here we are. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and so you, you mentioned uh, being a father of, of two daughters. So I'm a I'm a father of two daughters as well. Mine are two years and six months. So, oh, uh, boy, I'm, you're just getting warmed I, up. <laughs> I'm, I'm, so I, I can learn learn from you. Uh, but in this movie, your your character has a strained relationship with his son, and and so you know, kind of I guess playing that character and, and thinking about that that dynamic that he was experiencing it experiencing. How did you translate that to your own relationship with your daughters, and and how did it maybe even encourage you as a dad? What was that whole dynamic like? It's a great question. You know, anybody who's raised kids and now are you know they're at that point where they're you know, flying the coop and starting their own lives. You know, my, my, I still have one daughter in college. Uh, the other one just graduated, but yeah, thank you. Yeah. But you know, it has its challenges. There's a lot of trap trappings in the world. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a big responsibility to guide your kids, uh, try to protect them the best you can, but also let them stumble. Um, and just pray that it's not, stumble that they can't come back from um as they're as they're getting older they're exercising their independence and wanting to become their own adults drawing from that was easy for me in the movie the part that was different for me was that paul's a workaholic and i'm not you know i'm i work really hard when i'm working i dive all in i made a commitment to myself in the beginning of my career even before i met my wife carrie I I just said that no matter what happens and if I, you know, get married and have a family, which I had hoped would happen, that I promised myself I wouldn't let work um, get in the way of my family and friendships. And uh, I can say that there were times that it did and I had to kind of reprioritize, you know, you can it's easy to because if you have a work ethic and you work hard you you have to kind of self-discipline to say, okay, it's time to cut it off right now. I need to pull back or I need to I need to turn off the light and go home. And and so I made a a, a real a committed effort uh, to be uh, an available dad, even when I worked away from home. So mm-hmm. I for me in the movie, the fact that Paul was estranged from his family, really what I focused on was is his mindset that in his mind, he was doing the right thing. He's like, I'm providing for my family. I love my family. And if they can't understand that, well, that's on them. And that's where that pride issue came in. Um, but it was easy to focus on the the love that I would have had, that I have for my daughters and transfer that to Andrew, who played my son. And um, and, and so, yeah, I don't know if that answers yeah. your question. No, that, that that's neat to hear. And I think that's an encouragement to our, our listeners. And I, I know I wrestle with those choices too. I like to work and enjoy what I do and mm-hmm. I got to put boundaries around that. And, and so, uh, especially before I had two daughters, you know, there was more time to do that. Now I'm, it's, it's less time. So I'm, I'm, I'm learning all of that. So that's, that's an encouragement uh, that you set out to do that and, and 
yeah. learned and, from the moment she didn't. Yeah, and you know the other thing, there's a there's a great line in the movie where well, it's not even about the line. It's it's my son. Really, his anger towards Paul is is that uh, he he actually is defending his mom. He feels that Paul's uh, really hurting mom. And that's where the anger is. I mean, obviously he feels abandoned by his father and, and he, you know, he feels like his father's clearly put work before the family, but there is this, you know, defense of his mom, like, you know, dad's supposed to be here for mom. And so I always tell guys, Hey, look, your kids are going to look to you and how you love your wife. Um, there's a lot of other things they're not going to remember. Um, and I can, I'll give you an example. Uh, when my kids were younger, my wife and I would go away on a trip or go on like a, go to a, like a television festival or something. My kids younger, they obviously go, no, we don't want you to go. You know, we don't want to stay grandpa and grandma's, you know, whatever. And we would say to them, Hey, you like when you see mom and dad hold hands and when we kiss and all that, you like all that. And they go, Oh yeah, yeah. We love that. And they go, well, that's why we're going to do this trip because it makes us you know, really like to be with each other. And then they go, Oh, and they get it. And then they go, okay. And then, you know, we FaceTime or whatever while we're away and we, and we come back. And so I think that builds that confidence in our, in our kids. Cause I think a lot of times we can actually put our kids even before our spouses. And that's, that's, a, that's out of balance, you know, in my opinion. So. Yeah, no, I'd love to hear you unpack that a little bit more. Cause um, I, again, I've, I've, my wife and I, we got two, young daughters and so we're navigating this new season of life and it's very easy especially now because those those two girls need a lot of attention and taking care of so a lot of times i get left out so uh so what, what have you <laughs> yeah. what have you uh learned as far as you know keeping that that marriage priority well you make it a priority you know it's like i and i, I don't want this to sound selfish but you, you and your wife were together before your kids came along and so i think it's like uh, let me even broaden it out even more. If God's your priority in your life and you love God most, then mm -hmm. everything else in your life gets the the best attention. Mm -hmm. But if you put like your spouse first, God's kind of second, then things just get out of whack. And so I feel that when you when when your relationship's strong, then your kids are strong and confident and they feel secure. And so, you know, some people just cannot bring themselves to get a babysitter, you know, or, or somebody come just watch the kids even for a weekend or a date night. And I always say, Hey, you got to get over that. You got to find a way to just say, because your kids are going to be fine. I think a lot of times people are like, Oh man, if I go away, kids, my kids will be traumatized for life. And I, I, I just, you know, look why, you know, people send their kids to summer camp and a lot of those kids who go to summer camp every year they're really confident kids because you go there and you're away from your family dynamic and you have to learn how to work with your peers. You have to make your bed, get up in the morning, do dishes, you know, you, and then you go out and play and have a great time and camp's all cool. But there's this structure there with your peers. And so you all kind of have to step up. And if you don't step up, the rest of the people at camp are down on you about it. They're like, Hey, you're making trouble for the rest of us. So you learn these responsibilities and it builds confidence and all that. And I think that ha that, Family can also be like summer camp a little bit where you, you know, you have, you have rules and responsibilities at home and, and, and priorities. And you're like, Hey guys, look, mom and mom and my relationship or dad's in my relationship, you know, 
is really important and, and, and we love you guys. So we're going to really work on it too. And that might mean sometimes we're going to go away and you're going to have to hang with the babysitter or grandpa and grandma, but we're coming back. And in the, in the end it's, you know, that's what's right. And I'll tell you one other thing. Awesome. Uh, a friend, a friend of mine asked my dad recently, he said, man, I, Tell me how you, your family is the way it is. You guys are really close. And I you know, I know our last name's close, but we really are a really tight knit family. And my dad, my dad said to my friend, he goes, my dad says, spend time together. Hmm. That was his thing. And, and I would totally agree that, you know, whether it's spending time going to church together, having meals together, going camping together, uh, watching a movie together, whatever, just spending that time together is huge. Um, even having them, your kids come into your studio and see what you do is really cool. So anyway. Yeah. Oh man. It. No, that's a wonderful message and, and encouragement. So I, I appreciate you sharing that. And yeah, it's, it's, it's as simple as that. Spend time together, but, but oftentimes in life, gosh, we're all so busy running around and, and we're missing yeah. out on those, even the daily eating dinner together type of things. It's, uh, it's a, it's oh, I know. Lot. And, and yeah. look, I mean, you're young, you got young kids, you're building your business or whatever, you know, you're doing that. And so you figure it out as you go along, you know, and as long as it, I think as long as it's on your mind and it's and you're intentional about it, there's ways to figure it out. You, you know, you go, okay, I can see where I'm a little out of balance. It's like going to the gym or not. <laughs> you're not going to the gym, you go, or not hitting enough golf balls after a while you go, boy, I'm so inconsistent. I need to get out and hit the ball a little bit more, but you know, it's, 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 it's a, that's again, back to the mulligan. Look, we daily, we get these mulligans, you know, mm. we, we mess up daily and it's like, okay, I didn't get that right today. I'm going to I'm gonna get that right tomorrow. And you get the, and thankfully we get those chances while we're here. That's right. Absolutely. And, and so one more thing on the, on the movie. Uh, so you mentioned that old pro, which was play the, the character played by Pat Boone, what was your mm-hmm. mentor in, in the movie, your guide in, in the movie? What has what your experience been like in life with mentors and, and the importance of, of mentors? I love that. Um, first of all, let me say Pat Boone is extraordinary. Uh, ah. I've known of Pat my whole life. My mom used to have a crush on him when she was a young girl. You know, she was, <laughs> she was swooning when she found out I was working with Pat. And, uh, and it was great because, like, when we were on set, if we were out in public, he was the star. I mean, you know, we had to, like – fight people back. I was his bodyguard. You know, no one knew who I was. There was, they wanted to get the pat. It was cool. And, uh, he is a, so gracious and just authentic, um, and vibrant for 80 something years old. Um, Mm. he and I played 18 holes of golf together. He, Uh. you know, he's just an awesome guy. Um, and yeah, he played, you know, Paul's uh, mentor in the movie and through the game of golf and the light lessons of life through the game of golf, you know, brings, Paul back to his family, which is really awesome. And in my own life, you know, starting with my own father and my wife's dad, Mm. those guys have been incredible mentors to me. Um, And I have found that uh, through life, I'm, I'm one to reach out to people that I trust and admire. And I'm not, I'm really not afraid to ask them questions and just say, Hey, here's what's going on in my life. What are your thoughts? Um, I think, you know, sometimes we try to go it alone and that's just doesn't, that's really tricky. Um, and it's important to, I think, you know, that's why football teams have coaches, uh, why athletes have coaches. Um, now, you know, there's this new thing. I mean, there's life coaches and it's not super new, but it's definitely 
a newer concept. And I think it's really helpful to have someone in your life that you can bounce ideas off of and that can, you know, shed some wisdom and knowledge um, in your life um, to help you. Because we all, you know, at the end of the day, I think we all want to finish strong. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, sometimes we don't know how to do that. Uh, we're trying, but we're spinning our wheels and having those people in your life can really help you finish strong and not, you know, crash and burn uh, right at the point where you should really be like, you know, finishing strong. And, and then passing that on to the, to the next generation too. And, and keeping that Absolutely. mentor, that mentor model uh, continuing. And, and ultimately it's, it's discipleship as well for, for those of us that follow Jesus. So um, absolutely. All right. the, the movie is called the Mulligan and you can find out uh, information about the, the ticket tickets, getting tickets and release dates, April 18th and 19th. TheMulliganMovie.com, TheMulliganMovie.com. We'll, we'll put the link uh, in the show notes as well and, and encourage everybody to, to check this movie out. It's, uh, it's going to be awesome. And, and all right, last thing as we wrap up, uh, hopefully this becomes the, the, the next great golf movie. But for you, what was your favorite golf movie over the years? Wow, that's, uh, that's pretty interesting. I mean, I mean, like uh, Tin Cup was pretty, pretty cool. Um, Go to the I, I did also love. Um, man, I, I hate to single them out because they all have they all have really strong points. Uh, I loved what Redford did with Bagger Vance. Um, yeah, I, I it was just the beauty of the game. Uh, also, uh, the greatest game ever played. I just get there's a thing about golf. One of the one of the things that drew me to golf was the history of the game. I played a golf and I played a course in Scotland called Royal Aberdeen, and in if uh, my memory is correct, it opened in 1789. And there's just something I don't know. There's something transformative when you when you step onto these courses that have been been played for hundreds of years. And we know this game, the origin comes from you know maybe 800 years ago. So I love the history of the game and there's just something amazing. And then you think about the masters and how often a winner, the person who wins, and then you hear this backstory of things that are going on outside of that story. So like Sergio winning um, on the anniversary of Seve's win, you, and you, and you think you can, I mean, if you wrote that script, people would go, ah, that's, that's, you just made that up. But there's these amazing there's ama- these amazing life connections to the history of the game and just how life gets played out in the game of golf. And so mm. I, I love it. And um, I'm, I'm grateful that I physically can play it and that I, you know, get to enjoy seeing people put it on the screen, like in the mulligan and you'll see in this movie, the cinematography is stunning I mean, mm. the vistas at the course that we're playing are so beautiful. And I can't wait to see it on like literally on a big screen. It's yeah. going to be really stunning. What's the course you said in Georgia? Uh, we played, uh, it's called the Curahee Club. And that's okay. where we played. It's an awesome course in Tacoa, Georgia. Um, and, uh, you know, another cool little side note is uh, my buddy Jim Nance, um, is uh, in in the Mulligan too, and he does a really c- great job. And he's you know we're really fortunate to have him as part of the movie. So 
Uh, looking forward to uh, everybody getting a chance to see him too. Yes, we, we love Jim Nance. Uh, I'm actually connected with him through one of my good friends. And so excited to see him in the movie and Jim Zoki's in the movie. He's a Charlotte guy. Uh, yep. He plays alongside Jim Nance. So, um, yep. Brent, that's right. That's well. right. Yeah. yeah so. They're great guys. So I'm, I'm glad that you know, Jim too, because as you know, he's a, just an awesome human being. Awesome guy. Yep. He says, yep. hello friends. And he's a genuinely friendly friend type guy. So it's, it's, yep. it's awesome. Um, Authentic. Yeah, yep. Ab- absolutely. So the, uh, the mulligan, man, Eric, I could talk all day, but, but so thankful for your time. I know you, you got to get out to the golf course. You're going to play some golf today. Get you <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna do a little construction. I'm working on some a little shed uh, for my. It's I'm actually we built a tack room for the horses. So working oh, wow. on that, then I'm gonna go tee it up. Very cool. Well, we'll hit them straight and uh, wish you the best with the movie and, and the response. And and we'll we'll be promoting it and excited to 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 get people out there to to, to support it. So thanks. Yeah, and hopefully hopefully you got hopefully this video kept recording because the two images of you and I we look like we're from the movie Monsters Inc. as I'm frozen on this side. Uh, I know it, it did go in and out, but I think I think overall it was good. It, it turned out okay, it turned cool. out well. From from Oregon right. to Charlotte, we made it work. So uh, good thank, deal. Thank you, thank you so much. He's Eric Close joining us here on the Unpacking It podcast presented by. MetaShare. Sharing the personal side of sports. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. And we're back in studio to unpack the conversation with Eric Close and this guy, man, he was he was awesome. Like him as a as a guy and an actor and excited to uh, see him in this movie. And this idea of the mulligan, you know, and how it parallels golf and life and and faith and and how we can implement kind of that approach in our own lives as far as embracing God's grace, embracing his second chances. You know, it's a really powerful concept. And and something stuck out to me that he said where every day we get another chance to do it again. And I think a lot of times we, we think about the you know, the big mistakes in life or the big second chances. But if we whiffed today, hit the ball out of bounds, you know, uh, didn't respond great to our, our wife or, you know, that I, didn't, I didn't love the way I handled that at work or eh, I shouldn't have said that, we get a fresh start tomorrow. You know, and for us as followers of Jesus, we, we want to acknowledge where we screw up and, you know, embrace God's grace and forgiveness and you know, not repeat those, and you know, take his grace for for granted. But we step back up to the tee, and we hit it again, and we say, "All right, Lord, help me today. Help me today. I need your help today. In this situation, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit it better. I'm gonna I'm gonna respond better. Uh, I'm gonna choose you know your way instead of my way. Uh, the next time, the, the the next chance I get. And and sure, there are some decisions that we've made in life where you know the the second chances we can't totally you know go back in time and, and you know choose it choose it again but there is redemption there is restoration there is today to to turn things around and and what a wonderful reminder uh that you know the mulligan the movie will 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 share and then for for you and I to just kind of hear that today uh man that's that's really encouraging so we know it, especially as followers of Jesus. We know, yeah, God's grace, and you know, we thank Him for His grace. But to really think, man, I get a mulligan. I get another another shot at life. Um, 
today. And because of, because of God's love and, and willingness to be patient with us, that as we're learning, as we're growing, and just like in golf, you never master the game. You never do. Because even the greatest golfers miss the cut some weeks and miss the putt and hit it in the woods. And, and those of us, as we continue to pursue God and, and becoming more like Jesus, you know, we, we hit some great shots, and, and then, man, that was, a, that was a bad day. That was off. My emotions got the best of me. My you know, temptation caught me there. Um, but, but we run to God. We, we run to him and, and his love and grace and rest in him and, and thank Jesus for what he did on the cross for us uh, to provide us the ultimate mulligan that in our, in our sin, uh, despite our sin, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And, and offers us salvation and, and eternal life uh, through our faith in him and, and based on, on what he did on the cross to, to die on our behalf. Uh, so, man, love the message, love the conversation with, with Eric today. And when it comes to well, what he was talking about with priorities, uh, another one of those just great reminders that when life gets so busy, things get out of whack where our whole life centers around work, our whole life centers around parenting. And sometimes we can be so caught up in parenting that we're not even spending time with the Lord. We're not pursuing the Lord. Uh, we get so caught up in survival mode that, that we're not thriving in our relationship with the Lord. And then we get so caught up with our kids, we're not focused on our, our wives and, and our spouses and, and not you know thinking about uh, them and how we serve them and love them well and make sure that that's, that's strong. And so what, you know, what he was describing as far as our relationship with God, that filters down to everything else, no question about it. And then that marriage allows the stability and and it gives kids confidence. It's so true. I was going to tell him this, but I, I couldn't get it in. Growing up, when, when I would see my dad come home from work or wherever he was and kiss my mom as basically the first thing he did, that meant a lot to me as a kid. And and I, you know, I think about it now and I try to do that when I come home and you know, sometimes the the kitchen is crazy and things are. <laughs> I got you know little little girls run. Well, one of them runs around, but to, all right, I got I got to kiss I got to kiss my wife first and and set the tone and all right, we're we're you know connected loosely with a kiss and all right now now what's going on? All right, what, what, what do we what do we have? What can I do? Um, and so uh, that's it's just those little things, but it it represents priority marriage and then being a dad, um, and it's hard to do. It's hard to do sometimes. Um, so, but that's, I think that's a good, good encouragement. And of course, yeah, God, marriage, then other relationships, you know, kids, other relationships, work, and, and prioritizing those things. Um, it's a good, good thing to evaluate and, and where we're at because how, how quickly and easily we get, we get off balance. So, tremendous uh, insight. And he's, Eric was very down to earth. Uh, here he is, a you know, an accomplished actor, been on successful shows and movies, and um, yeah, just found him to be very genuine, and and so it's probably somewhat rare in Hollywood, but but it gives you a little little hope. <laughs> There's some good guys out there that can stay grounded, stay humble, and you know, be good dads and be good husbands and stay married, and he's got great relationships with his in-laws as well as his parents, and and so that's a that's a neat thing, encouraging to me today. 
hopefully to you. So thanks for listening. I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. That was a lot of fun. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast presented by MediShare. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.